0: We are shows what you know, we'll always watch TV, and if you think we can't, we'll watch more and you'll see. That's why the people of the web believe in Jim from Las Vegas and Jacob from Sweden. Extra, extra, more lies broadcast on illegal, unholy radio waves. Anyone found in possession of radio technology will be put on the wall. Don't believe the lies of Anchorage, the devil's icy playground. Follow us into glory by his hand, under his eye, here at the Gilead Gazette. My name is
1: Jacob Burrows. And I am Jim Scampoli, and I'd like to give a big thank you... To Oprah Winfrey for completely taking me out of that scene.
0: Mm, I don't know what that means.
1: Did you know this? Did you know that that was Oprah on the radio? (laughs) No.
0: Fuck the fuck? No, I did not know this. Come on, you're a host of the
1: Gilead Gazette. You're supposed to know this stuff. Yes, that was Oprah Winfrey uh, on the radio broadcast. Although I guess I'm being catty about it. But that (laughs) is one way. If you're going to have Oprah do a cameo, it's much better than... Ed Sharon on Game of Thrones. It's a nice, like it. It didn't shatter your illusion.
0: No, I mean I didn't even know about it. And uh, uh, so her career has really gone downhill. I guess if she's a radio host, uh, you know, just look at me and you, Jim. Is she uh, on the R level all of a sudden? She, ah, America really has gone to shit.
1: She wishes. Uh, they did. The writers did come out and say that she doesn't necessarily. She's not necessarily. Pr- playing oprah just in case people <laughs> thought maybe she's like the president of the new <laughs> united states or whatever in like in uh, canon in the show like on the radio yeah. uh she's yeah. not necessarily oprah but yes it was oprah because uh, she's a big fan of the handmaid's tale and she's trying to you know attach her uh attach herself to this shooting star
0: Hmm um okay that's interesting uh did you recognize her or did you find out otherwise
1: i did i mean i recognized her i wasn't 100 percent, though i did have to be like i was like okay i'm not gonna google it now while i'm watching because i'm sure it'll be if there was something that happens in this episode would come up but uh it was enough where i made a mental note and then googled it after to verify that i was correct and i was correct
0: yeah i mean it's better than uh Having, you know, a pop star. Well, I guess if you had Ed Sheeran just hanging off from a noose, uh, (laughs) that'd be something. That'd that'd be an interesting move. Uh, I don't know why he'd be in the U.S. I guess on a very... You poorly wouldn't, planned tour. You wouldn't think it was cool if he, he was like uh, an eye
1: or whatever or a driver or something like that? All of a sudden itch well, I'd, itch
0: I'd, <laughs> I'd start writing conspiracy theories about how he's in every show and every universe. And he's some sort of di- interdimensional traveler. And is he even really from our world to begin with? But that's another story. We're here to talk about Season 2, Episode 11 of The Handmaid's Tale. Holly, directed by... Uh, dana reed and written by bruce miller and kira snyder to uh seasoned writers i mean bruce miller is the show creator and kira snyder has written numerous episodes before uh dana uh, dana reed i don't know anything about or if she's been on the show i'm bad
1: uh the dr- is that the uh, director
0: yeah yeah uh it's their first episode so uh, okay there we go Okay. Um, So Holly, it's a very short episode. I mean, relatively speaking, uh, it's like 45, 47 minutes, something like that. Hmm. Uh, Did it breeze by or was it a gruel for you? Uh, I thought it breezed by.
1: There's only, I mean, I guess there's only one problem I had with this episode and it's a specific scene that we'll get to. I guess, uh, yeah. I guess uh, I did hear pray tell that some people or a lot of people didn't really like this episode. Yeah, Natasha in the chat. A lot of people hated this episode. A lot of complaining this week, at least maybe from some of the fan circles online. Um, and I guess I can understand it because the scene I don't like is maybe a microcosm of the whole episode. Uh, but let's get there. But I mean, because at the beginning, well, as we you know left off last week, June was left abandoned at this mansion, which I guess we did find we find out is the mansion that Hannah's family lived at. Yeah, a I picture. guess
0: I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah,
1: uh, it was a weird detail. So I don't know. They, they just found a new, better mansion, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was left there, and I did call it last week that clearly she was going to give birth to herself. I mean, to herself, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's deep. Give birth by herself. Because, I mean, mm. I, I understand there's no. How could you pass up this opportunity? It's such a great way to showcase June's strength and how, you know, she could do it on her own and the uh, undeniable spirit of all women that have given birth. uh, Right. Can and will and and have and done.
0: But, of course, Mm. we have to start out with a wolf. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, Jim, the wolf is so metaphorical. It represents... But uh, oh, it represents nature or something. To me,
1: it always represented June. Mm. At least how I was picking up, picking. Uh, I was from what I was picking up from what they were putting down. Just so the wh- hang on, the wolf is not what you hated then, because I assume mm. just
0: from your tone,
1: no, the wolf isn't the wolf. what I the wolf isn't what I hated. I didn't love it. But uh, I didn't hate it either. The, I remember last week after we recorded our uh, podcast, neither of us had seen the um, preview for this week's episode or for, th- for this episode. I dabbled for a second and I go, oh, no, there's a wolf. And then Jacob's
0: like, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I turned it off. Yeah, I mean, they're hate it or love it. Uh, the underdog's on top. There is a wolf. Uh, doesn't really do much. But so you say it represents June. I mean, let's get into this. Um, I think in a way it just
1: represents like, uh, to me anyways, I did read the writer talking about it later and, uh, she talks a little different from what, from what my read was. Uh, I just kind of like the strength in a way. Um, and the, Hmm, I'm trying to, how how do I describe this? Like, I guess part of it is like the wild because especially, you know, giving birth by yourself like that, that. I don't mean, when I say it's like animalistic, I don't mean like you're an animal, like you're a savage, but I just mean it's like going back, I guess, to nature in a way, or just going back to, you know, the primal force of of human beings and just animals and just being another thing on this planet, uh, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, on a more simple level as well, it's just a dangerous animal that's out here and... Uh like you said, if it represents her, it could be a balance of um like her finding her inner strength, but also, if I go out in the woods, I'm gonna get fucked up like the <laughs> yeah. it, the whole episode is like a bunch of. Uh, you know, there's a, you can, you can define it however you want. When you talk about writing, there's so many different systems and so many different like labels to put on stuff. But the thought that kept coming into my head in this episode, uh, was try fail cycles, which is this thing where you write uh, a character trying to do something and then they fail at it. And then once they eventually succeed at that they encounter a new problem and they fail at that. And it really is as a, like a kind of, um, castaway situation where you're on a desert island or something and you're sort of trying to find supplies, making do, doing all these different steps, and uh, it's very competently put together, I think. From the chat, Natasha, I asked what people complain about, and uh, Natasha said the fact that she can't escape, not shooting the Waterfords, the wolf, Uh, there's a lot of, well, this is what I would have done, she could have done this, X, Y, Z, and okay, okay. I mean I, I I guess that makes sense. People are going to get frustrated at this point, but it there's is... still episodes left.
1: Yeah, the episode is a big tease and the thing that I really didn't like was when she was the Waterford scene when she's pointing the gun at them because I feel like that's so that's such a tease and it really doesn't make sense that she would hesitate especially with the what we've seen. If it was more in the midst of her kind of Playing with the idea of being uh, having an alliance with uh, Serena, I could maybe buy her hesitation. But after mm. what we saw in the episode before this, with the the being held down and raped while she's pregnant, I just don't. I feel like you're too much. You're too much playing with the audience here by giving her this moment and then not following through on it.
0: Well, well, I get that, but I didn't feel that at all because for me, it was more the 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 conflict within her. To me, was anger, am I going to do the thing that I want to do, which is to shoot at them, even though that's actually going to endanger myself in this situation. I really want to shoot these people, mm-hmm. but if I do, they're going to know I'm here, and yeah. I only get one clean shot, and my hands are shaking. And I even thought, like, hey, just hang out there, and once they cross, like, if they come up, you can shoot them. Like, when they cr- come around the corner, they're not going to be ready for you. Um, but yeah, they... they she, she doesn't do it. For me, that was more... It. Like, of course she wants to do it, but, I mean, you're right, though. It is a very big tease, of course. It was a very tense scene for me, though, and it worked. Eh, it just it didn't work for me. I, i I,
1: I, I guess maybe two first, firsts. I, I didn't think for a second that she would ever shoot them. And yeah. so immediately I was like, what is this cheap scene they're doing and how are they going to get out of it? Uh, your read is probably better. I think that's what you're supposed to be getting from it. And I, I guess I was just kind of being a dick. Uh, about the scene i mean i think i was reading with the writer talking about it and she said that i didn't i like your answer better than hers because i think she the writer mentioned it's more like her finding this last piece of humanity and that's why she hesitates and then loses her chance oh no come on i don't buy that for a second
0: (laughs) they Uh, say these things sometimes and i'm like what and yeah i I mean they know they do know best but at the same time It's a question of what do you manage to convey? Because, like, when they were saying that Waterford doesn't understand that, uh, you know, uh, June doesn't like him. (laughs) It's like, what? Uh, And Serena, in this episode, says exactly what we're all all thinking. uh, Because, uh, yeah, I was very tense when they showed up in general. um, And Mm -hmm. I really felt Uh, because it felt like a castaway situation, and then suddenly the Waterfords are there, not just some random guards, and it's just them, and they're on their own, and there is a situation that could spiral out of control. And I really felt, when they were arguing and looking around, that these are some of the best villains on TV, or just maybe ever, or recently at least, because you hate them so much, but they make so much sense. I guess, especially Serena, she is more interesting than him. I mean, drag her down the street by horses, of course. Definitely. But she is more interesting. um, Especially when Waterford is there like, Nick wouldn't be disloyal. And then (laughs) Serena says what we're all thinking. How could you be so stupid? And you're such a fucking idiot and stuff like that. Because like she said, oh, you took the mother of her new the father of her new baby and sent them away on their own on a covert operation and you thought they were just gonna come back and thank you you're so fucking stupid um so yeah yeah what the writer had said um she's first
1: she's talking about the fight and it's how it's the first honest fight we've heard between fred and serena because they're not in their own house there's no risk they uh they think of being overheard uh so basically the rottenness of their marriage marriage is laid bare entirely they say things to each other we've never heard them saying june is overhearing all of this and she has a gun and she has it on them ultimately it's a moment of humanity that stays her hand where she sees how completely shattered serena is and she misses her chance and we don't really know would she actually have taken the shot would she have taken them both out there's two barrels in that gun she's never shot a gun before who knows how that would have worked uh, I guess it, that
0: makes sense when when they say it like that, that you know she misses her chance rather than she decides not to shoot them. But she says uh, she misses
1: her chance because there's this moment of humanity, because uh, it continues. But in that moment of seeing Serena, the connection between these two women this whole season, through the whole show, but specifically mm-hmm. this season with the pregnancy and the baby is really at the core of the show in that moment. I think well, that's. Uh, the- oh, sorry, Go is ahead. really telling where she's not able to pull the trigger on Serena when seeing her at her most vulnerable. That I don't buy. Mm. That's just the thing I don't buy, and that's kind of what I was picking up from it in the moment. Uh, and I, yeah. just, I don't, I don't get, I don't like that.
0: Well, we're, we're we that's them thinking they've laid more ground, groundwork on Serena and June than we feel like yeah. they've had some scenes, but it was kind of like, oh yeah, now like one episode we're a bit friendly, but then I'm the worst and then the next episode hey we're going to collaborate now but then he's back and everything's gone to shit again and it was there's been so much back and forth that hasn't been a steady build or anything like you said maybe if if they were in a different mode but yeah it's right after the, they did the worst thing ever um so so i didn't feel that at all either and this whole connection they're trying to sell like yeah we get it but we're 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 not very forgiving over here at the Gilead Gazette. Yeah,
1: no. And I mean I guess the build up to this scene beforehand, I mean there's just kind of some quick stuff going on. there is the flashback that June has of ca- having to leave Hannah at school and it is kind of like it'd be understandably a crushing moment for any parent because your your kids upset and crying and they just want you to take them away, but for their own good you, you know, you're you're leaving them
0: at school but it feels like you're betraying them or something. Um, yeah, and for all the dramatic scenes in the show, this uh, scene really kind got to me. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's
1: it's really well done. It's it's a nice use of flashback too. Um, but then it's still like when I'm watching and it cuts back, and she's you know she's got the keys, so the car starts, and she's got supplies. But then she goes back in, and even my notes are like, "Get the fuck out of there!" But then it's yeah. because she's going in to try to find other clothes or whatever. But I, it's obviously it's very deliberate the way they keep you know, doling it out where, you know, she stumbles upon the keys. She sees the picture of Hannah. She starts getting supplies. She gets in the garage, but then it's like, nope, got to go back in. And that's when I believe that's when, uh, yeah, Serena and Waterford uh, do arrive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I did feel at, I, I didn't like know for sure, but it felt at the end of last episode, it's like, oh, next episode is going to be the house episode where she's in a house on her own. And that's exactly what it is. Yes. They, do manage, they did manage to make me think like, oh, maybe she'll get away. Maybe we'll get a fucking road movie episode. <laughs> but then in the end, it's the house episode. And while it functions and it works, and there's scenes that really got to me, and a lot of it's pretty tense, I still understand why people aren't super excited about it because it's the house episode, and it didn't actually probably get us any closer to her being free. It was kind of another thing at the end where it's like, she she gets a moment of freedom. She gets to hold the baby and name the baby. It's dramatic and everything, but we're so hungry for yeah. for some fucking movement and action. And I have heard that, you know, next ne- next episode, shit will go down is the rumor. Yes. Uh, I don't know, but that's what people say. And there are two episodes left, so, so I'm still hopeful. I'm not totally convinced it was, you know, Guardians that showed up at the end. It probably was, but you never know.
1: And, um, and plus like, I understand p- people, you know, walk away let down. Cause even like I was saying, the scene I didn't like was the whole, her pointing the, the gun at them and not going through with it. But in reality, you step out of the moment and think about it. Yeah. Maybe she kills one of them and hurts one of them, but it's not going to play out. But if you could do that with everything in this episode, because even if she gets that car out of the garage, it's not quite a, uh, you know, under the radar car. It's like a sports car with race stripes on it and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and she
0: tries to put on a coat to hide her big belly. And y- it's like, Nope, yeah. this is not going to work.
1: So there's um, just so many red flags where even if she did get out, it probably wouldn't have worked out anyway. So it is kind of understandable. It is tough because this whole episode is just teasing and teasing.
0: Yeah, um, and I guess that was the feeling I had when I thought, oh, it's the house, it's going to be in the house. It was that this is going to be it, this is going to be the episode, and it's going to be teasing it, but not quite getting away. And uh, it makes sense, but it, I understand if it's frustrating. Uh, from the chat, I <coughs> thought she would confront them with the gun and lock them in a room or something while she escaped. And I had, uh, also from Natasha, I had a problem with how quickly they showed up were they right down the street. Um but yeah. The argument was great between the Waterfords.
1: Yeah, no, the argument was great. I, I mean, I guess obviously, like, more time passed than we're aware of because she does like she's searching around the home. It's kind of cutting. It's quick cutting and going into flashbacks and back to her from the flashbacks and whatnot. So I could give him a little leeway on that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, when they arrive, the 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 argument is good because I do think that. Um, I mean, Serena tries to push it off on uh, the commander, like, when she throws at him, like, you raped her. Yeah. And she's right, but also she's trying to, she's in a weird way, like, trying to absolve herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then he even brings up, like, if you ever even showed her, like, one ounce of kindness. And I think he's, he's making a perfect point. Like, she clearly did go out of her way to make Offred's or June's life like, you know, living hell for the most part. Uh, yeah. In, in ways that she didn't have to. Um, yes. But good.
0: No, uh, I mean, we, we we will talk about the whole episode, but it's a bit different because it is one storyline. Like, we get different flashbacks, but we already covered the Waterford scene, which I liked and you didn't. And then the rest of the episode is her trying to get out, saying, you know, fuck it, but then she can't get the door open And she tries to drive through the door, and she gets to hear the radio, as we mentioned. (laughs) Um, And, I mean, then she gives birth to the baby, and uh, that's the episode, right? I mean... Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And the flashbacks, there's a flashback to her in a, a small black dress when she's very pregnant, a sweet scene. And there's flashbacks to her mother... Uh, whether she's gonna be at the birth and talking about different types of birth and how how many drugs she wants, she wants all the drugs in her. Uh, when she's doing the birthing, uh, bad luck for this time, this time around. Um, so uh, and, I, I I do want to say, see um,
1: Cherry Jones, the actress that plays uh, June's mom. Yeah. I I like her so much, and I was trying to I was looking at like some of the stuff she's been in. She was in like Signs, the movie The Village, I guess Ocean's Twelve. So like nothing that's really my favorite, but she's one. The, not that I knew her name beforehand, but she's one of those actresses that I always like when she pops up on stuff. And she was on Twenty Four when I watched it, um, because uh, she brings like a warmth and a strength that I think really works, and especially works for this part. And even though. Yeah. I had mentioned in the past, I kind of rolled my eyes at her being like, it just so happened that June's mom was this super activist and it kind of ties in with her life now. Uh, I I still think she's great. And she was also in that episode of Black Mirror when, um, I believe, Nosedive, when she's like the truck driver that picks up uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and kind of is like, ah, phones and ratings, who needs all that? You know, Just go back (laughs) to the way things were. Uh, but That's yeah, right. I just want to say she's great. I think she's awesome, and I like when she's in anything, and uh, particularly she, in this show.
0: She's good, and I had forgotten or missed the fact that she was a doctor. I just thought she was a full-time activist from yeah. all our meetings and stuff, uh, and all all, all those uh, gatherings where you burn people's names and, and so on. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, she was a doctor, uh, but she was in, you know, I I guess she missed the birth because the flight was delayed. Is that the truth? Probably. Well yeah, but I think
1: it's still there's still that moment of that she still made it. Like well she didn't she didn't she missed the birth but she's still there. Like she still yeah. she made it on the day uh
0: and I think it shows a lot for June. Yes. And speaking of flashbacks in general, uh like you mentioned it was a good yeah, you know, flashback earlier, those are pretty good. Um there's a thing in a show called Stranger Things. This is not a spoiler, but mm. they start showing clips from previous episodes at times when you kind of go like, what the fuck are you? <laughs> like, wait, yeah, what? Yeah. What's happening? Why are you showing this? It's kind of related, but what? And they, they do this here, but in such a perfect way when she's giving birth where we see you know her remembering the first time, but also remembering all the handmaid's uh, lessons Which were obviously ridiculous, and it was an awful thing to go through with that, uh, you know, programming, that fucking brainwashing, and yet that training is now helping her, and it pops up in her mind, and the way that it's edited makes it very clear that we're in her mind, traveling back and forth, and all these moments are connecting in a way that stranger things did not do so just wanted to say again good job handmaid's tale
1: yes a good use of it and um i believe like when i read the interview with the writer she's just talked about i mean it's it's already clear in the show but uh yeah she just kind of talks about how there's this connection um and even though she's physically alone in the house she's not alone because of you know all this these past experiences and even though, yes, it's such a horrible experience to be a handmaid. But as we've seen through this season, there is this connection they have in this bond. I mean, you know, we even go back to when they were telling each other their names and why it's such an important moment because they 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 are there for each other. Um, yeah. And just yeah. And then using even what what she's learned in a horrible situation. But uh, for the good of this situation and, and I guess we didn't really call it out, but at the beginning of the episode, uh, in the There's only like, a, I think, two or three moments of narration uh, mm-hmm. where June says, I'm sorry there's so much pain in this story. And yeah. what a thing we've needed. Uh, <laughs> what a thing we've needed to hear from this show. Because, I mean, we've talked about it. I'm sure everyone's talked about how bleak and heavy this show is. Uh, and to me, that was like a nice moment. And I guess it's actually from the book. Uh, uh-huh. It's, it's uh, Margaret Atwood's prose, as they say. Uh, but I, I I did like that. And I, I am hoping that as we're getting to the end of this season, we're going to get a couple more, f- even though it doesn't seem like it where this episode ended, but maybe we'll get a couple fuck yeah moments
0: where we can be excited. Well, I'm hoping for some big ones. If if it ends and it's just like, I'm still a handmaid uh, like in the same way as before and everything, uh, I don't know. Uh, but he, that... that voiceover didn't feel a bit fourth wall breaky to you uh i guess it did I mean, but I l- talking to
1: us i liked it though i liked it i it almost okay. it it does teeter on eye rolly and meta but yeah. it makes i mean because she's i mean the narration's been talking to us this whole time it's really not a new thing or you yep. can even if you if you want to if you're not a fan of that type of uh, like a like a meta commentary, you you know, obviously you could make it that she's talking to her baby grown up or she's she's writing this letter to another handmaid uh, as, you know, some sort of you can have the strength to get through this or whatever. Or she's just telling the story to the world now that Gilead's in crumbles or whatever. Uh, but it, I don't know. It, it worked for me. I liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I honestly didn't dislike it, but uh, I mean, I think it's fair to bring up that it's basically the writers like, look, we know, we know it's bad, um, and it did feel, I mean, it it works, it felt a bit out of sync with what's happening, uh, kind of like that line could have been in any episode, um, but I get it because you don't want a voiceover that's like wow, I can't believe I'm left here all alone uh, in this house. How am I going to manage? Like, you don't want that type of voiceover because then it doesn't add anything. Uh, I think voiceover works best when it's pretty separate from, uh, you know, what we're seeing, what's going on, um, because then you can actually add another layer to it, kind of like going into a flashback or, or telling a little story in the voiceover. But then there's the risk of, getting a feeling of disconnection, like I've gotten at some point in The Handmaid's Tale where I'm like, what is she talking about? And that was also when they were inserting some prose, Mm -hmm. which I, you know, that's good. Those are good lines, but I've kind of felt like, how is that connected to anything that's going on here? Um, But I think at the end, when she brings the line back up, I mean, it's, there's voiceover at the start and at the end where she talks about who sh- who she's actually talking to making it less of a fourth wall break because she uh defines the person she's speaking to as um well she's willing you willing us into existence by speaking and all this stuff she says at the end about her hope she's telling the story and that is her hope that also felt like that's probably in the book cuz the book is in first person i assume um yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah it feels straight out of there um I believe, so, yeah. yeah, I believe in you. I tell, therefore, you are.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, I guess it is a. It's it, you could even take it that way too, where it's just she's talking to nobody. But the fact that she's telling a story is willing an audience into existence, us mm. yes, or just her baby. True. Second to her baby, uh, just, uh yeah, because I mean, basically, the, the the rest of the stuff it's hard to really get into too much because it is just you know, okay, uh, try to open the garage door. And the thing is when she's just pulling that, the rope that hangs, I don't think that's how that works. You pull that and then you push up the garage. So I'm just yelling at my TV. Like, you don't just pull that. I think you got to do more than that. And then she's trying to, uh, but then understandably it's like, uh, you know, six inches of snow or something or frozen over uh tries to drive through I, I like that they put that in because i'm sure everyone we're all thinking just drive through the fucking garage door we've all watched action movies we imagine yeah. you could just drive through the door yeah uh, i
0: still feel like if she tried a little <laughs> bit harder <laughs> she definitely she could have backed have up through.
1: a little bit more because you know yeah. they were trying to kind of show that there wasn't enough room really to bring up the speed and power but she wasn't backing up all the way to the wall we can all agree on that
0: You got a rifle, get a rifle, shoot the glass out, start kicking the wood. I get it, she tried, she got the shovel, and then, you know, her water broke. I will say, at no point in this episode did I feel like the baby was really in danger, but that's obviously me, like a TV viewer, knowing that oh, she's going to have a cool, badass, giving birth myself moment. Well, Even when there's a bunch of blood, I'm like, well, yeah. if they were going to have a miscarriage, they would have done that earlier in the exactly. season, and they already faked us out on that. They're going to make it happen. But they needed to do that in order for her to go out and fire the gun to call people to come, I think.
1: Because I, I feel like I've seen her bleeding from her vagina so many times with the, during this pregnancy that it's like, I'm, I'm not phased yeah. by it. I imagine June isn't phased by it. Uh, <laughs> there's no sense of danger there, which is fine um but yeah the water breaks and then i think the wolf howls the wolf's like hell yeah babies (laughs) hell yeah baby a baby to eat
0: um and natasha said she was i mean when she was trying to get (laughs) do all of this she's having contractions at the same time and so on i'll say i mean you were annoyed about her not shooting the waterfords like i that, that that's the moment you had where last week i was like nick Fucking shoot everyone. <laughs> Where? Yeah. Just sh- just go nuts. At least then they would have had Nick still, but yeah, I I get it. Uh and Natasha said I thought she was talking to Holly in the future, which I think is uh probably pre- pretty accurate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the 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 build up to the moment works because she, you know, June decides I, I mean, I guess she doesn't have much of a choice, but she's going to put this baby's safety ahead of her own and that's why she you know remembers the promise she made and she decides to go outside and shoot the gun to kind of give give off her location or you know some people are going to come investigating do we hear gunshots in the distance uh yeah. which i don't know it just seems like you'd probably hear gunshots in gilead but maybe <laughs> since they killed that commander who was shooting people on the streets they're like what that has been going on in a while uh i do think it's very it's obviously a very powerful scene when you know she's like backlit kind of not quite in silhouette but almost as she's you know uh, squatting down giving birth uh, on her own and like we already mentioned the flashbacks all work really well uh, puts it yeah. puts us in her headspace and showing where she's pulling strength from and uh, I mean at the at the end even with all the teasing that the episode does as far as the escape it brings us to, uh, like, a
0: great moment. Well, yeah, and like the voiceover also said, I've tried to put in some good parts, too, um, and this is kind of one of them. And, uh, like, I... uh, um, Speaking more overall, I wouldn't say that The Handmaid's Tale is a perfect show, uh, but this season has filled me with such trust for the writers already. I mean, maybe they'll fuck it up. They still got a couple episodes in them. Um, But... It, it, I, I guess it's kind of weird when you put it that way, because there's been a lot of suffering and a lot of this stuff. But um, uh, and, and like oh, the worst thing feels like it's always happening. But season twos are difficult at the best of times. We just mentioned Stranger Things, and I don't hate Stranger Things season two. Uh, I think it's pretty good, but it has a lot of issues that tend to crop up when you have, like, you gotta follow up the hype and raise the stakes and expand the world, and you don't have a book to base it all off. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think they I mean, they've really done a fantastic job despite you know the small complaints well, and wonderings we have about the integrity of the world and stuff like that.
1: Well, and the reason why I agree with you and the reason why you're correct, I feel, um, it's because there have been moments and even and even episodes where it feels like, They're making a bad choice, but then they follow it up. And then when in hindsight, you're like, okay, now I get what you're doing. Because there's a few moments where it felt like the show was faltering. And then when we're getting the full story, it's like, okay, I get what you're doing. This is fine. I can forgive that because we're getting to this point. Uh, And I think the writer made a point in the interview too, that in a lot of ways, this episode could serve as a season finale. And I think lesser shows would do that because you do give this big moment with the birth and then you leave on this cliffhanger of the car showing up. And I think a lot of shows would leave you and be like, all right, see you next year. Uh, That'll get everyone talking. Everyone's wondering who showed up. Is it Nick back somehow or whatever? Uh, And I like that there's a few episodes left. So it's not that, but then again, maybe they're setting us up for some other fucking cliffhanger that uh, we'll
0: have to be talking about for the next year. So uh, we'll see. (laughs) well yes and i mean they did do that in season one exactly that of her being brought away and then we all had to be like who brought her why where is she going and then like oh she's just she's just back already it was just a fake out at the start of the season um but to uh, be fair that was how the book ended so i can't put that on them oh yeah no i i didn't think it was bad it's just the the cliffhanger thing i'm sure sure we'll get some sort of cliffhanger we will
1: get yeah it will happen
0: Yeah, and and as Natasha also said, it gave off some Red Riding Hood vibes with you know the wolf, the red cloak, and everything. Mm -hmm. Didn't even think of that. Of course, he's a wolf. He's a big bad wolf. Yeah,
1: no, he's not. That's the thing. He never attacks. Good wolf. Mm -hmm. But then he goes away when she gives up. When she gives up for the good of her baby, she shoots the gun. The wolf goes away. Doesn't come back. Mm. Which means what, Jim? It means that she's you know giving
0: up herself uh, for the good of her child. That's pretty good. You yeah. should have a podcast or something. <laughs> um, and I, one more thing on the voiceover. I realized that her thing of giving out a message, even though like, she doesn't know who might be listening and just get, like, hoping and willing people into existence, that ties in really well with the radio. Y- yeah. you know, Say what you want about Oprah, but that's exactly what they're doing. And I like, you know, they always have some kick-ass uh, end music. And often relating to the actual plot instead of just putting in a banger, and uh, the way they did that worked out really well here as yes. well. Yes,
1: yeah. What is it? It's uh, "Hungry Heart," uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yes, I believe.
0: Um, and they yeah, the live I guess version on the. Uh, on and the, and
1: uh, outro. the thing with the radio, I do get it. It's kind of those small glimpses of hope that the show's typically really good at, and and it's what these characters cling to to kind of. Uh, try to get to the next day or just, you know, keep on surviving. Um, I guess it just, it wasn't to me as good as some of the other moments similar to that, but I do get the context in the story. I, but I like, I'm being a nitpicking dick because I'm like, wait, how are they getting the sig- signal? I don't, I don't buy that. Where are they are get, getting a radio signal out from Alaska to somewhere in New England? Even if they're, I mean, I guess let's say they're up somewhere north, which I yeah. guess they are. But even if, yeah. maybe if they're up in New Hampshire, they'd have to be pretty north New Hampshire, I guess close to the Canadian border, and then Canada's broadcasting the signal. Uh, well, yes,
0: I, I think it's, <laughs> uh, you know, I think that's, I, I feel like I've read that you do that type of shit in war, right? You try to get your message to the other side. Like, they're clearly not, uh, like, pumping out the signal just from uh, from uh, Alaska. They're they're going to have signals as close as possible to reach the people in the zone, Um to, to how get strong their is this them.
1: signal, and why? And why did this commander leave it on that station? Well, these are questions a, that you shouldn't ask or think about. <sighs> and and I know I do this all the time. I'm always like asking yeah, these yeah. questions, and I'm like, well, fuck that question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, no, but you're right because um, I I wonder as well how they, uh, y- you know, how did this even end up happening? How wh- what is this house? What did if they'd said. Uh, maybe when she met Hannah, like, my new daddy died in an explosion. It's like, okay, he was one of the commanders who died in the explosion, so they're moving, I guess. But we don't really know why. And we don't get a clear sense of the space. Um, I guess they're closer to the Canadian border, but we don't really know that. Uh, why would they go so close to the Canadian border just to talk to Hannah? Is, I guess they lived there, but, uh... Okay, I'm guessing they lived there, if I would have my theory, they lived there, but things are hostile with Canada, um, you know, in general, and also because of these letters, so maybe you gotta secure the border more, you can't have commanders living this close to it, which, if true, makes it a bit uh, bittersweet, or no, just bitter, actually, that she was so close to it, because honestly, I also thought, like, Well, she could be wherever the fuck uh, in the whole north of the U.S., Gilead, right now. So I have no idea. Like, she wouldn't get out anyway, but maybe she was closer than we thought. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I guess that's even, I'm sure that's the case because that's even more of a tease because this episode is about teasing this escape, which I hope just means that, you know, because this whole season's been that. Yeah. So it feels like the the setup would be that it's going to end with the escape. But then again, I mean, that's this is the handmaid's tale. Don't don't hold up hope. Don't go into the show with your head held, held head held mm-hmm. high. Uh, real quick, yeah. this is just kind of what the news, uh, what Oprah said on the news. And now this news, the American government Anchorage today received promises. I mean, I guess to be fair, that it does seem more that it's like a Canadian broadcast. Uh, the American government Anchorage today received promises of economic aid from India and China. In the United Kingdom, additional sanctions on Gilead were announced, as well as plans to raise the cap on American refugees relocating from Canada. And now a tune to remind everyone who's listening, American Patriot or Gilead traitor, we're still here. Stars and stripes forever, baby. Mm. So, I mean, it is a nice, uh, it is a nice, like, opportune moment. Something that really hits June when she needs it, so... We'll give it to him.
0: I'm really glad I didn't know who was saying those words, because those <laughs> words affected me, and if I'd just be thinking, like, you get a baby, you get a baby, you get a baby. So I'm glad I didn't know. And it's weird. I mean, in this post-Cold uh, War era, or should we say Cold, fucking Cold War II over here, um, everyone has nukes. So like that's what would happen if something like that happens like whoa well more sanctions yeah. like we can't do shit we can't go- no one can like march on Gilead exactly cuz shit would be fucked immediately so it's like oh yeah we'll take more refugees we'll 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 try we'll do our best sanctions i guess but then you lighten the sanctions um because you need the trade so hey that's the world we, we're in and uh, I, I'll believe it I'll buy it
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to find the other quote here from June towards the end. Um, I keep going with this limping and mutilated story because I want you to hear it, as I will hear yours too, if I ever get the chance. If uh, If I meet you too, or if you escape in the future or in heaven, by telling you anything at all, I'm believing in you. I'm believing you into being. By telling you this story, I'm willing you into existence. I tell, therefore, you are
0: that feels ex- like right out of the book but could also apply to holly in the situation so i guess yeah. it's a good way of we don't have the book anymore but it's still the backbone of the show it's a smart it's a smart way to use
1: that i feel it um yeah i in the at the end of the day like i can understand have. i mean i myself admitted i had issues with some of the things in the episode and i understand having issues with some of the teasing going on but Still, I mean, reading some of these quotes here, that's powerful stuff. I'm getting like uh, goosebumps here thinking about it. So yeah, I'm excited uh, uh, for me, the next Me episode. too. And I'm not even American. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, fly, fly that flag. <laughs> Um, um, so, are, are your goose bumps a-bumpin'? Uh, please, I'm sorry. Please email us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com with your Handmaid's Tale thoughts. Hated the episode? Loved it? What about next episode? If you get it in after you watch it, uh, it will be included in that next week's Gilead Gazette. Um, actually... That might, we, we might be a bit delayed on it because I am moving, I just realized. So we, we, either way, just send in your feedback. Whatever feedback you got, whenever you watch an episode, send it in, and we'll include it in our upcoming discussions because we will have discussions on all the episodes, even though I uh, ask for your patience as I go international.
1: Yep, yep. He's hoping uh, that they're raising the cap on Swedish refugees to Ireland, and yep. uh, they'll let them in. But, Hopefully, yes. we'll see. Still, send your thoughts. Uh, Tell a friend and please review the show on our feed, the Gilead Gazette. It's much
0: appreciated. Thank you very much. And uh, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to say one more thing, Jim. Oh, what's that? Stop the presses.